0: It is. just started the numbers. Jesus
1: Christ. Yeah, the numbers mean it's recording. That's what that means.
0: It didn't... I couldn't... There was a lot of uh, glare and I couldn't see the numbers get bigger and then...
1: uh... Well, well, welcome to the short bus, everyone. (laughs) We're having a very special episode tonight because uh, conditions pertain that are slightly unusual. So we've had to enact social distancing in this 10 by 11 foot room. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'm a concerned citizen, okay?
1: Yeah, don't worry. There's nothing to fear. Will's a little sick boy, but uh, no COVID. No. According to one single test, which are notoriously unreliable. So we really don't know that for sure.
0: Oh, that's true. But I I can smell everything and fever broke. So I'm like, "Mm, this this is is very flu-y. We're now in classic flu. Territory. I think you're
1: just regular sick, and that you haven't been regular sick in a long time. And also, could be a thing. It's yes. throwing off your gauge of what it's like to be in that state. If you had the flu, you would know it. In my opinion, flu was worse than the COVID. Was worse than the COVID by a lot. Huh. COVID lasted for longer and was a strange feeling. Mm-hmm. But being sick with the flu, the one time I had it, remember when we were living on Quincy? I got the flu real bad, and I slept for like seventy-two hours straight, practically. Huh only to get up to throw up oh, or to sweat (laughs) for an hour at a time. Right. But it was horrible. It was so much worse. So much more uh, life-threatening and delirious than COVID. Oh. So in either case, I think you would know if you had it. I just think you're sick, man. Huh. And you're used to working yourself in such uh, slavish conditions that Mm. you didn't even think it could be possible that sickness should take you away from your beloved work.
0: Well... I had to do the thing of I have a temperature. How what do I do cuz I can't I can't go to, can't go to work with temperature. Temperature Michael. Um like and normally for me like if I have a fever it's like 99 cuz I run very cold. Really, you have a below
1: 98.5. What is it? 98.5 or 98.6? You usually run below that temperature.
0: 97.3 is my daily average.
1: Really? Like a full degree below? I'm a cold boy. Wow. I'm a cold boy. What does that mean? Do you experience the world as as if it's hot? Or are you always cold? I don't understand.
0: I am always sweating places because everything is, you know, ratcheted up a couple degrees for normal people temperature cold. I see. And I'm like, but I'm just like, I'm comfortable at 97.3. Thank you so much. Why do we need to bump the heat up? Please stop it. Everything should just be colder.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. I think I, I don't know what my regular temperature is. I don't know what my average is, but I think that my body temperature must be hot because I always think things should be warmer. I'm like a woman. I don't like an overabundance of air conditioning. Oh, I like what? it nice and toasty. Yeah. Ew. Yeah.
0: Oh, I mean, that's also dependent on your metabolism and all that kind of stuff.
1: So what what would that mean slower metabolism? Yeah. Means I like well, it cold. Yeah. Oh, well, that's probably true.
0: I I just burn up everything or at least I used
1: to. Mm. <laughs> it's
0: it's it's time for that season. Um so yeah, I don't know. I I've fig- I've narrowed it down to two locations. Not we're going to we're going to get the me out of the way because I have literally no no updates other than what what happened as the source of this So I went to dinner on Friday Okay And the chain-smoking waitress Who came back from, you know Who delivered the uh, Whatchamacallit The oysters and the little necks Came back, fully coughed over my head So it either came from her Okay Or when I went out on Saturday To an overstuffed bar full of 26-year-olds Where I felt like an elderly person and I'm sure that they were not all, you know. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Were you hitting
1: up the apps this weekend? Sure wasn't. Oh really?
0: No, one was dinner with friends and one was for a birthday.
1: Wow. I didn't know you had friends yes. to go to birthdays with. I'm your only friend. We've talked about this. <laughs> no. You're not supposed to. I do have
0: that. I have other social circles, yes, it's okay. Oh wow. And then, except I did, uh, when I was at said birthday party, birthday gathering, I did meet the guy I was talking to on Hinge the night before without knowing it.
1: Really? Did he know it?
0: Yes. Oh, wow. Because he just, he sent me, like, 20 minutes after him and the other people who I knew uh, left, he was like, "Um, we just met, I think. And then I was like, what do you mean? What? No, you live on the Upper East Side. I'm in the West Village. You don't come over here. And then a picture, I was sent a picture and I was like, oh, oh, that is you. Oh.
1: Were you talking naughty on the app? No. Oh. No. So the conversation was going well digitally or not?
0: Yeah. I mean, we were talking the night before because he was funny and a little tipsy. I was like, you're funny. Here, have my number. And then we were chatting throughout the day. And then I was like, yeah, I got to go to this birthday thing, whatever.
1: And he was there. So do you think that this is something that will continue? I don't know. When you met him in person, did you respond to him favorably or? Mm, Not really.
0: Oh. Well, because I thought he was a different person. I was like, I don't know who you are. Stranger danger. I don't do well with strangers. Yeah. Just generally.
1: Wow. Okay. Have you considered the possibility that you got sick at work?
0: Also, no. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> You're discounting that? Why? I was feeling I was feeling scratchy on Monday, but I was like, "Well, I smoked real ciggies on Saturday night." Like, I'm just gonna chalk it up to that.
1: Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: I think it happened in between the two social spheres.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. It's never good. It's not good to get sick these days.
0: No, because people look at you suspicious. Like,
1: you know, the alarms start going off, and you have to establish emergency protocols. You know, oh, if, yeah. if I had gotten a temperature but I felt all right, I'd go to work under normal circumstances, but yeah. now you kind of can't do that, and you have to let everybody know. You have to go through the whole testing regime, blah, 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 and mm-hmm. then, you know, yeah, and then people look at you funny, even though you don't have the the bad one.
0: There, you're still, like, unclean. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I also, like, was thinking earlier today, I was like, in the olden days, I would have just said fuck it and gone, and I also would have walked to the train got on a train, a crowded train, and then gone to work with the public and just been sweaty and gross. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ew. Well. We shouldn't do that, right?
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean, no, people shouldn't go to work when they're sick. But, you know, it's a conspiracy theory out there that COVID was put in place in part to weaken our immune systems from having us distance from each other for so long Uh so that more and more mild illnesses would affect the population more greatly.
0: Well, let me tell you, that certainly feels right.
1: Yeah.
0: Eh, But that's also... eh.
1: But if you're not going to die from it, it's pointless. They're trying to depopulate us, you know? Who's they? They. You know who they are. (laughs) I truly don't know the they of the they. Come on, the NWO. What? The New World Order. The Illuminati Man. The Bilderberg Group.
0: What? The Bilderbergs, Club of
1: Rome, Limits of Growth.
0: Build a bears are trying to take us down. <laughs> I would like to build a bear but that's a different issue for another day.
1: Sorry, I've been dealing with Alex Jones on a number of levels over the past few days so my my brain is is brain. real up in the sky right brain. now. Brain is broken. I'm, I'm having some real high level thoughts.
0: I mean, I saw like a revised like um graph of like you know yeah, that's the, been the going pyramid around. Thing? I'm yeah. sure
1: our listeners have seen this too. It's an inverted pyramid where on the bottom are like things that are acceptable to be skeptical about, and then there's subsequent levels until you finally reach the anti-Semitic point of no return. Yeah, the deep state was on the top. It was it was considered one of the ones that's beyond the anti-Semitic point of no return. The deep state.
0: There I mean, is a I deep don't know state. What that is, it but... makes
1: me feel crazy that people, you know. Uh, establish these false equivalences.
0: I mean, if that's on the top, but then Watergate is on the bottom of rational and whatever, and then... Yeah,
1: rational the... skepticism or whatever.
0: And then what's They that? also
1: had Iran-Contra on the same level as believing in UFOs, which... Well... Iran-Contra is a real thing. It did happen. I'm not really sure what the insinuation is there. Yeah. Well... I could not tell if that meme was real or not. Just to be upfront about it. I, I think
0: uh, people are putting different con- things in that container, potentially.
1: People are moving things around, but it also just seemed like it was irony poison from the start. Like almost like oh. a Brad Trammell thing where it's like designed to look like a lib thing, but
0: yeah, it's ultimately don't know.
1: just a fabrication.
0: Yeah, because like the second tier was very like pop culture, like star yeah. myths, and you're like, those are also real too.
1: These things are not equivalent to like chemtrails, you know?
0: Also, that's just like a funny kooky kooky one.
1: Yeah, It's a false flag within a false flag, if you will.
0: What? (laughs) I don't have the wherewithal to understand these words.
1: How do you know you're not a PSYOP?
0: I probably am at this point, (laughs) on myself.
1: I think we discussed the last episode that I believe that you're some sort of interdimensional or alien traveler from another world. That's why you're so confused all the time. You have a difficult time interacting with other people and humanity and culture. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think somebody dropped you off at the wrong point in time. Like maybe, uh, maybe the greys left you here accidentally.
0: Got You're an only child.
1: <laughs> You've been orphaned by the greys. Your parents took you in. A mm. sort of extraterrestrial uh, Jesus Christ, if you will.
0: I don't have... No, absolutely not. Though. <laughs> I might be mildly narcissistic, but I have no Christ complex. Thank you so much. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. The um, hmm. We also
1: talked about indigo children on the after show last time. I you, know. might, you might be one of those. You're an indigo child that survived somehow.
0: I You can't be... Um, your extra
1: know. sensitivity it didn't lead you to get hit by a car because you spent all your time inside. Oh, uh, yeah, that's avoiding true. Avoiding other children. And cars. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Anywho, uh, <laughs> so now that you've been pondering Alex Jones, yeah, you coming up with any any fun and delightful uh, conclusions about him and his his love of rainbows and sunsets and unicorns? Oh,
1: you know, I I don't know. I've been I've been connecting a lot of dots. I have to say, I after listening to the two hour Alex Jones extravaganza on Red Scare, he's not as he's not that crazy. He's not as crazy as what what people make him out to be. Hmm. He's obviously very smart and he's reasonable to a certain extent. All of the conclusions that he draws about like global political events, you can disagree with his interpretation of them, but ultimately he shares the same facts as everybody else. He just assumes that that is
0: what facts are shared by other people.
1: Yeah, I know, but he, he draws many of the same conclusions that, um, people that are considered sensible do he just interprets them in a way that it's pretty mm, i don't know heavy-handed overdetermined like the only difference between him and like some random internet leftist in their conclusions about elites is that he thinks the elites are really smart and have actually concocted this whole situation deliberately i would say that it's much more likely that conspiracies are somewhat true, but that it's a decentralized phenomenon where these things kind of happen accidentally because of incentive structures align properly to get you there. My philosophy would be that human beings are basically well-intentioned but stupid. He would say that human beings are very, very smart, but also evil. It's just the inverse. So it's not that insane. Well, It's, it's pretty understandable when you give them a shot.
0: Both things can be true at the same time.
1: That's true also, yeah. You're a you know,
0: I, I I don't I can't. I'm not gonna say you know all people are evil all the time, but give a mouse a cookie, right? You know,
1: never let a good crisis go to waste, Winston Churchill. And yeah, Ma- and later Rahm Emanuel.
0: Oh boy, um, remember that time he ran Chicago into the ground?
1: Yeah, like right now.
0: Oh, is he still the mayor? I don't know. Actually, I don't. Think I don't so. think he is. No.
1: no, it's Lori Lightfoot. Who? Even worse.
0: That's a fake name.
1: Uh no it's not she's a first nations person as they would say in canada is she maybe uh, not I th- i'm i not sure are you sure about that i'm not 100 percent sure i enough. think
0: you might be a- adding a headdress where it doesn't belong hmm. can i say that
1: no that was that was problematic
0: oh fuck this is what you get you boil my brain for two hours and then for two days i'm like we
1: yeah they're called the guardians now not the Indians.
0: Oh, the logo, okay. the logo fell off the, the team store the first day after it. Did it really? Yeah.
1: Oh, well. Serves them right. It's a terrible name.
0: I mean, well, you were just there. How, how are the people reacting?
1: <laughs> Nobody's talking about it. Nobody cares about baseball in Cleveland because they only care about sports when the team is good.
0: Oh, yeah, that's true.
1: Or they like the Cleveland Browns because they're uh, self-flagellating and yeah. they'll never win. So it's just something to drive their head hope. into yeah. the sand about. Um, No, nobody's talking about the Indians in Ohio.
0: Nobody cares. Nobody cares at all. Hmm.
1: Actually, I don't know. Maybe they do. I just don't ask.
0: That's probably for the better. Yeah. Yeah. How How was Indian wedding?
1: Oh, I had a great time. The Indian wedding, it ruled, man. It's a lot of fun, but I will say, huge caveat, extremely long. Yeah. Extremely, extremely long. And you were correct in saying that it actually does last several days. Uh-huh. I just missed the, like, two prior days. Mm-hmm. So when I got there, a lot of my friends um, had hung out the night before. I forget what the name of that event is called, but everybody gets henna tattoos mm-hmm. on their hands and arms. Mm-hmm. And I was really jealous of that. I uh. wanted one. Because men and women. Yeah. It's not gender specific. So I missed out on the henna, which was a bummer. But that happens the night before. Yeah. Or two nights before. Um. Mm. But uh, yeah, the wedding went from one in the afternoon until after midnight. It
0: started on time,
1: uh, pretty close to on time. Yeah,
0: that's a, okay. That's weird
1: because the I did not know this going in. I had always intended to like watch YouTube videos and like see what I was in for, and I just didn't do that. So I went in totally cold. Oops. Um, the first thing that happens is a thing called the barat. Have you heard of this? This was my favorite part by far. This no. is the thing that happens right right when you get there, one o'clock in the afternoon. It's a very dude's rock situation. It made me want to convert to Hinduism. Okay. So you arrive there and the groom and bride's side of the family and friends are separated. Mm -hmm. It's not very formal, but you get the gist.
0: That's like how normal wedding... That's all weddings. It's just like people.
1: I suppose that's true, but like in a Western style ceremony when you show up like the bride and groom side are congregating together in the waiting area or uh
0: in the aisles, you know the bridal like, parties
1: yeah. are not but no. everyone else is but yeah. that's not the case the entire mass of people is sort of divided
0: oh okay
1: into sides and there's a reason why because the barat is a celebration of the groom before the wedding kicks off okay so the groom side of the family and friends all get together and you know once everybody's there you go outside and My friend Malay, the groom, is on a horse. Excuse me? He's riding a fucking horse. Horse? Yeah. Horse. And he is dressed like uh, the viceroy of Mumbai. I mean, he looks like royalty. He has a military-style outfit on, uh, but like 19th century, you know, with like a bejeweled turban and a sword. What? And he's on a fucking horse. Why? Because this is part of the ceremony. Oh, okay. And... You all crowd in front of the horse, and there is a car there also with a speaker in the back that just starts blasting music, and there's a hype man in the car that's like, party people, I need to, you to get all your hands in the air now. And it, ah! And you start a dance party that escorts the groom on the horse, all, that horse the, is freaking the fuck out. all the way around the building until you get to the like convention area where the ceremony is actually ha- held. And this lasts about a half hour. So there's an out, outdoor DJ dance party rave.
0: With at one a man, in the afternoon. Yeah,
1: with a man on a horse uh, being escorted to his wedding ceremony. And it fucking rules. And at the end, he gets off the horse and he joins the dance party. And it's a lot of fun. Horse. Yeah, there's a horse.
0: I don't know. I also don't know how I feel about DJ Honda Acura or whatever the fuck. Like...
1: Well, listen, man, it's it's a hybrid of the new and the old, you know? I guess. Th- they're trying to make it work for the 21st century.
0: You couldn't just strap on a bunch of, like, you know, Bluetooth speakers on people's, like, hips and just be like,
1: whee! I mean, I guess, but, you know, there's also a live drummer there who's got a drum that goes around his neck, and he's drumming along with the tunes. And, like, all the songs are just, like, club music.
0: Yeah, that's why I'm but, looking- like... In-
1: but, like, Indian club music, so, oh. you know... It's a mish it's a mishmash.
0: It's not like the chain smokers. No, no. Okay.
1: Um but yeah, so the, this is the, one whole half of the wedding. By the way, they invited 400 people to this wedding. <gasps> and I did a head count at one point and I think there was close to 300 there. So it was huge. I think it was the the biggest wedding I went to, maybe second biggest, but So by That's the, so many people. That's just step 1. That's the barat. Now it's one thirty or 2 and that ends. And you settle in And everybody hangs out, and there's chai tea and hot beverages, hot cider, you know, lemon spa water and stuff. So you have a little, like, refreshment after that. Because, by the way, I was sweating my balls off by the time we get to the end of this, which I wasn't prepared for at all. It made me understand why most of the people there were wearing the Indian-style garb, which is, A, much cooler looking, and, B, probably much more comfortable. Breezier, You got that mandarin collar. It's a lot baggier, you know. But I was sweating through every layer i took my suit to the dry cleaners by the way don't worry
0: wow (laughs) uh, we learned something yeah
1: so i'm sweating but everybody chills you know and you have some sober style refreshments Mm -hmm. then after about another hour of hanging out together then the ceremony kicks off which uh is you know beautiful gorgeous we all love it don't we folks but it's long as shit it's an hour and a half long.
0: Oh, I, I was going to say three.
1: It can be that long. My understanding was that they cut it down a little bit. A lot of bit, With the anticipation that, you know, modern audience is not going to be that into this, Indian or not. Like, n- you know, nobody wants to sit there for three hours. Also, the entire thing is conducted in Sanskrit. So. ooh boy. That might be a little confusing for people because Sanskrit is a written form of, of the Indian language, but it's also a spoken form. I learned this during the ceremony. The uh, priest compared it to having a ceremony in Latin. So everybody there right. speaks Hindi except for the white people, mm-hmm. but nobody there speaks Sanskrit except for the priest. So he's like, we're going to do this whole thing in Sanskrit. I'm going to walk everybody through it and I'm going to do my best to explain to you what's happening in yet? English at the same time, what's going on. Um, so it's a very long ceremony of this all going down. Oh boy. Yeah. Um you know, it, it I have the card in my room, but like I looked at the card. I was sitting with two of my friends that weren't in the wedding party, so we're sitting in the back just kinda like making ourselves invisible. And I'm looking at the card and I'm like, oh this doesn't, you know, this doesn't look so bad. It lists all the different segments of what's about to happen. Because of course everybody's worried about the length preemptively. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh this doesn't look so bad. And then I turn to my friend Rachel and she flips the card over and there's a whole nother side. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, you know, all and all the rituals are kind of cool. You know, people are up there. They're throwing flower petals. They're throwing rice at each other. They're lighting fires. They're dumping things into the fire. They're putting necklaces on. They're tying scarves together. There's a it's very intricate. There's a lot of shit
0: tying going. scarves. lighting. did you go to a magic show instead of a wedding? It,
1: that's what it kind of looks like. OK,
0: you might have gone to a magic show. Mm, Yeah,
1: maybe. I mean, you know, what's the difference, really, between a magic show and a religious ceremony on some level?
0: Hey! That's
1: what what they're supposed to be. That's what you're there for, so... But everybody, you know, there's a lot of people involved in this, too, because different segments of it require uh, the parents of the bride and groom to be up there. Different segments of it require the brothers of the families to be up there. Other parts require the friends. Other parts require the married women from each side to be up there. So the whole extended (gasps) family and friends, like gets involved in this at different levels. And I don't remember the entire order of operations, but it takes a while, you know, and each segment of it is very repetitive. So like there's a stage where they light a ceremonial fire and they have to walk around the fire four times. And there's a set number of steps each time they circle the fire. Okay. There's a set number or there's a set chant rather for each one of those particular stages. All of this represents things in Hinduism. I'd,
0: Things. Just things. Yeah.
1: I couldn't tell you. I mean, the one piece of information I got, the, the priest was good, by the way. He was like um, very classic wedding officiant in the sense that he was at least attempting to be funny, informative, and serious at the same time and did a pretty good job of it. Um, but he mentioned at one point, like at the very beginning, that Hinduism believes in only one God, but that that God can take three and a half million different forms. So when I'm talking about like all of these ceremonial things that involve all these different stages and rituals, it's all about like what form uh, God is in and what that means for the couple's future. So, you know, one section is like a tribute to Vishnu, uh, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I don't know all the gods, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was and it was a beautiful it was a beautiful thing. The other cool thing about it was that it's totally acceptable to talk throughout the whole damn thing. There's a low hum of just like people talking. You can also leave if you want to take a break. So I left and had a vape break at one point. You're so like, missed... this is
0: going on for 45. Well, minutes.
1: I, I looked at the sheet and it was like I, I was about halfway through the ceremony and I th- and I thought I knew which stage of the game we were on and they were. It was like they have to take uh, seven steps seven times and I was like, all right, this one's gonna take about fifteen twenty. I'm good. I'll miss a few of the steps, you know. I don't need to see all 49 of them or whatever. Um. So, yeah, it's kind of cool because, you know, little kids that are being disruptive can be let out to play. Older adults that are just like, you know, need to stretch their legs can get up and do that. You can talk to your friends if you want to talk like it's fine. It's very loose, which I appreciated. Um, And also just, you know, it just looks great. In general, Hinduism seems really cool, and Indian culture seems way cooler than Western culture. It's not so austere. Everybody's colorful. Yeah, color. The bride and uh, groom look like royalty. I mean, it's amazing. It's great. Um, The bride is all henned up, like, all the way up her arms. Mm -hmm. It just looks amazing. Um, So, yeah, the ceremony's good. And then you have another break. Between the ceremony and cocktail hour where there's more tea and there's more hot beverages and stuff and they, you know, everybody kind of chills out again. I think because the bride and groom have so much to do in between these things. Yes. At a certain stage of the game, they change into Western garb, which if I'm remembering correctly, was right after the ceremony. So they get out of their like very regal looking outfits and just transform into, you know, Western style. Yeah. So while they're making all these transitions, they have all these different moments where everybody relaxes. It's a good time to go check into your hotel room, which I did, you know, just kind of a break. Then the cocktail hour begins. Now you're at like about six o'clock at night.
0: That Okay. Yeah. All right. That's a little late for a cocktail hour. But, it, it is. That's right. You know.
1: But uh, my friend Matt put it really well later in the night. He was like, you know, they throttle you up and down pretty well. Because it, if you started out people drinking right after the ceremony, that's too early. That's like 4.30. People are going to be shit can hammered by 9, and that's not good. You're not even done with with all the stuff yet.
0: Oh, yeah, because there's more things there's to There's more stuff yeah. after this.
1: So you do the cocktail hour, and that lasts a good long time. And uh, they had a full open bar, which I really appreciated. The last wedding I went to was a cocktail selection. You know how weddings do this, where it's like... the organizers of the wedding ostensibly the bride and groom they pick three or four cocktails that are like the signature beverages that you can get and then there's beer and wine but in this case it was whatever you wanted which was amazing that's
0: normal though i find that to be more normal
1: i don't think that that's that normal anymore because that's very very expensive it's much cheaper to do it in a limited presentation i mean erica's wedding was like this too they had a couple of signature cocktails but
0: you could get a little gin and
1: sure and you can get basic drinks that are easy to make yeah but like you could get a, a fucking pina colada or whatever from these people
0: oh okay so that's it was like it. okay
1: you know and it was top shelf everything it was yeah. great um so you do the cocktail hour and then you go in for the dinner but this is again the throttling thing they shut down the bar for the first hour of dinner
0: oh i mean that's a good thing
1: it's a great thing because it, it keeps you perfectly paced i'm telling you because you're like you're You're dying to loosen up a little bit by the time six o'clock hits. You're like, we need to get this show on the road. Come on. You know, this is fun and everything. It's beautiful. But like, we've been through a lot here on this day.
0: It's been five hours We're celebrating your love. I would like to get get drunk. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So, but then you get to have a couple and then they shut the bar down and dinner begins. But dinner doesn't really begin. It just begins the round of speeches of, you know, bride and groom's father's bride and grooms because that's another
0: 35 minutes it's a long time
1: and they don't really have um the structure of like best man and best woman and all of that stuff it's a little more diffuse than that so it's more people Mm -hmm. that talk and the sisters of the bride and groom are expected to do a ceremonial dance what so like the bride's youngest sister who by the way mancy if you're out there please hit me up smoke show certified 100 Okay, <laughs> but so she she had to uh do a dance routine like an indian style dance and i thought when she was doing it like this is this is weird because they don't announce it with any preamble it's just like here's mansi doing a dance and you're like okay this seems weirdly like self-centered Why why are you up there doing a dance on your uh, sister's wedding day but then the other sisters the groom sisters get up and have to do the same thing so i think it's just part of it huh um but anyway it's a lot of fun it's it's cool to see all the speeches blah 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 then dinner begins now you're verging mm. on like eight o'clock at least i think mm-hmm. i think it might have even been later than that which by the way the dinner was amazing some of the best indian food i've ever had straight up i don't know where it was from but it was so goddamn good, better than anything I've had in New York, for sure. Um, you know, and it's all sorts of stuff. They had a they had a paneer korma, mm. which is not a dish I've ever encountered that I really liked. Huh. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So when dinner is eventually served, then the bar reopens, Got and it. there's a mass exodus. Literally, like you know, it looked like that Travis Scott, Scott concert. Like someone was going to get crushed coming out of the door.
0: Ooh, I don't, mm.
1: It was a little Astro World.
0: Okay. Okay. I don't know about that. Um, Like, as soon as it's served, they reopen the bar, or like you're eating soon, dinner? Well,
1: because they release tables one at a time to go and get dinner buffet style. Uh. But they need to release your table. However, they obviously can't release everybody at once. They can open the bar all at once. So everyone's just like, so Wee! Everyone's like whoa, okay. And then, then we're out and doing that. And then so dinner lasts a while or whatever, and then finally the dancing starts. And now it's, I think it's probably ten by this point. By the time everybody's finished eating, had a couple more drinks, it's late in the night, you know. And then the dancing finally starts. The dancing is a lot of fun, but the difficult thing is, I was low energy
0: by that point. I was like,
1: "Listen, man, I I sweated out all the dancing at one p.m.
0: <sighs> You're like, you got you know? all the good dances out of me. Already. You
1: did. You got all the you know, you got all the good dances out of me, but. The dancing at this wedding, I can't speak to all Indian weddings, obviously, but it was, like, high octane the entire time. They did not play one single slow song for couples dancing. There was nothing yeah, like there, that. Yeah, there's no, it's bangers only. It was, like, we kept joking the whole time. We were, like, who brought the E? I mean, this is, like, n-sa, n-sa, <laughs> nonstop the whole time. And, you you know, the hype man guy, DJ Samir, is still there, like, you know, and it works. He's booked for the whole day. Oh, you yeah. know, and he's encouraging everybody and keeping the energy alive because when you're dancing like that, like jumping style, like hands up, like you know, it makes you it makes you tired. It's hard to keep that up, and you got to keep it up because the bride and groom are keeping it up. Their families, especially,
0: are. Oh, the families it up. are going hammy, ham, 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 ham. Yeah. Oh, a quick
1: note on that too. My friend Malay's dad, his speech was amazing. He just got up there. It was kind of classic dad move. He was like, uh, I'm not going to do his accent. Although that contributed to how good it was. Um, he got up there and he was like, you know, I was asked to write a speech, but I just didn't think about it at all. So I'm just going to start talking. And it basically boiled down to like, you know, son, I care less about you. I like my new daughter more now. (laughs) That's. Everyone was like, you know what? Fair enough.
0: You know, if that's if that's the if you can get it done real real fast and fast and loose, emphasis on the fast. No one's gonna be mad about that.
1: The speech, getting it over yeah. with fast No, it wasn't fast speech. Oh, I, I boiled sh- it I, I boiled it down a lot. I mean it was meandering and took a long time. But okay. that that was the gist of it. I just thought it was funny that he just straight up didn't even bother to try and plan it. Um Well You know. Also this is sort of a tangential thing, but it's my understanding from talking to everybody a little bit that, like, when when you get married in Indian culture, like, the idea that you become the other person's son or daughter is taken really seriously. Like, in lawism is a big deal. Yeah. Like, in some transcendental way, like, your new mother and father are your mother and father.
0: Like, yeah, they're of, not yeah. your
1: in-laws. It's like a real relationship now well especially for the woman was the gist that i got
0: yeah i mean like the know.
1: bride is now a gupta you know like and that's really really serious there's no such thing as like keeping each other's names there's you know you don't have distance from your family like your new mother-in-law is your mother and you have to listen to her you know she hey. she wants you to dress a certain way or make a certain thing or what you do that you yeah, do not you don't, fuck around with that relationship.
0: Don't really have, i mean
1: I'm sure it depends. One could. I'm sure it depends completely on context and like how long, how many generations separated you are from India. Yeah. But like in Malay and Priya's case, they're both uh first gen. Their parents are from are Indian from India. Yeah. They're, but they're, they're not don't... second or third generation. Like American. But they
0: don't really have to, you know, part of being first gen is that you're like, we're the kids of the new culture. Woo. Yeah. 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 I, and I, and I'm not saying that's like
1: in their case, particularly strict, but I, I got that vibe that it was, it's somehow different. You know, it's more serious, taken more seriously.
0: Mm. I don't know. I always feel like Indian weddings are like parties for the parents first and the kids are kind of the afterthought.
1: It certainly seemed that way, honestly. Like the, the fathers of the bride and groom, their friends were like going crazy. Their friends were going wild. Like the uncles and the friends Buckwild. Yeah. The 50 year old dudes the 50 and 60 year old dudes were hamming it up all night
0: my uh one of my um old employees uh he's like he was like he's like 65 his daughter just got married last year and i was like how did you do that in covid time he's like i don't care it was her wedding three days my backyard we built tents i was like what but the amount of again the amount of color and i was like what are you doing in these shiny shiny fabrics my dude, what is this like because this is a guy who were i only knew to wear polos and baggy khakis yeah yeah and here comes daughter's wedding day and he is just like pimped out and i went my friend where what how what who
1: well, you know what's cool about it, too, is that everybody brings their own unique flavor, you know? It's not like a uniform. It's not like a bridal party or a groom- oh, yeah, there's no David's bridal where it's, bullshit, like, all yeah. matching or whatever. Everybody's peacocking on their own. Like, there was a guy there. I don't know what his relationship was to the betrothed, but he was in all white with gold accents. Hmm. And I was like, damn, you look like the admiral of the Navy or something. Like... Wearing white to a wedding, also slightly different collars too. It's like so cool. It's all very distinct. You know, my two my two white friends that were in the wedding that got to wear the garb for yeah. the first half of the night. They're both very disappointed to have to take it off because that also is kind of the protocol. Everybody changes into a suit for the yeah. dinner and stuff. But they didn't want to, but they were told, like, it's going to look weird if you don't.
0: You're going to be the only people, and you're white, and so you're, you're going to stick out like yeah, sore yeah. thumbs. Yeah. yeah,
1: And they both, uh, their job was to hold the rings, um, so one of them held the rings of the bride, and one of them held the rings of the groom. And the th- problem with the get-up is that there's no pockets. Right. So, my friend Graham had the genius innovation of wearing a fanny, pa- fanny pack underneath, yeah, because it's baggy enough that you can't see it. So they both did that and kept the rings in there. That's smart. Yeah, it was smart. It was incredible. Yeah, so anyway, I don't know. Then then the night commences as normal, but by this time it's late, you know. And you just you're just dancing it up. You're just dancing it away. I had an awkward like drunk conversation with my friend's friend. Um, you know, I don't know. We
0: call that Tuesday. Typical right, we- yeah. typical
1: <laughs> wedding stuff. At mm. a certain point, eh, you know. so it goes. But, you know, it was a lot of fun. It was great. Yeah. I had a nice trip to Ohio overall, actually. Mm. The next day was fun, too, because it was an all friends weekend, which I rarely ever get. On visits, it's usually I split the time with Ron or whatever. But Ron happened to be out of town. And I was maybe going to see him on Sunday. But I gave him a call in the morning. And I was like, hey, you're back in town, right? Because I knew he was landing that day. And he was like, my uh, flight was four hours delayed. I've been up all night. I just landed. Like, I'm going home and going to sleep. And I was like, "Great, okay, I'm gonna go hang out with someone else." Um, yeah, and so I, you know, I hung out with my friends in Lakewood. We went bowling. It was really nice.
0: Yeah. Did you go to Twin Lanes?
1: No, we went to uh, May Halls in Lakewood. And oh, May was... Halls Twenty Lanes, which is a lot of fun.
0: I've heard of this as well.
1: Yeah, and we had the place basically to ourselves. We had the entire upstairs bowling alley to ourselves for the first entire game we played, and then the second game, a couple of teenagers showed up. But oh. it was nice. It was a real 70s vibe in there. I could just vape away. You know, nobody, you know, what's, what are they going to do? Kick out their only patrons? That's true. They don't give a shit. It's and pre- I bowled well. I won both games.
0: So you did what, like 150? 150
1: on the second game. I think the first game was lower.
0: That's kind of sad.
1: It was shameful, dude, but I haven't bowled in years. Fair. So, you know,
0: did you bring your ball?
1: I did not. I had the opportunity because I went to my cousin's house earlier that day and I saw the ball and I was like, I'm not bringing the ball all the way back to New York to just bowl with it once. So, no. It remained in situ. That's probably for the best. I mean, I don't know. It wouldn't hurt to have it here. Maybe I would go more often. I don't know.
0: Do you know how much bowling costs in New York?
1: Is it like 30 bucks a game? If not more. Really? Yeah. no. Sorry. Too expensive for me. It's like
0: $45 to get like the you know ha- to have a group yeah
1: you know this is odd for me i want to let the audience in on a little secret we're sitting across the room from each other and i have the microphone in my hand old school podcast style uh-huh. on, the on the couch all of that is great but i usually have control of the zoom and can tell how long we've been going for and try to set the rhythm of the show and mm-hmm. right now i can't see i know it's really and it, it's scaring me to death because either we've been going for 20 minutes or we're almost at the end and either way that's bad
0: uh the thing is uh you're wrong on both counts. Really. Truly at the 40-minute mark.
1: Oh, okay. All right. That's not so bad. So your gauge of time. Ooh. Yeah, it's really bad. Really, really bad. It's hard when you're talking, too. It, I don't know how long.
0: You did a lot. Of, you, I, I, don't, I never want to hear. You never let me talk for a long amount of time. You just did at least 10 minutes uninterrupted. Hang on. I'm going to get
1: adversarial about this. <laughs> because the, the only reason that that's true is because you're sick and you need me to carry this one. No. And I, I'm aware of that. So I'm trying to make it work.
0: I could do some conversations, but I did just hack into the the thing. Uh, But, you know, as one does. Um, No, I I, I think... It also, it
1: doesn't count when I'm going on and on about a a wedding that I went to. Yeah. It would be more fun if I, you know... If you'd let me talk about Alex Jones for 20 minutes. I opened the door. You kind of did. Yeah, never mind.
0: Okay, see? I don't want to hear it.
1: All right, touche. Point rescinded.
0: Don't want to hear it. We're sitting here on the eve of the most holiest of holidays. Um, yeah, that's right. I
1: thought maybe we should record this tomorrow.
0: Absolutely Post-dinner. No. No? No, no, no. Post-dinner is for napping. <laughs> what time
1: are we going to eat dinner, by the way? Are we going to do a mid-afternoon-style Thanksgiving? I don't or know. Or appropriate dinner-time Thanksgiving?
0: I like appropriate dinner-time. I don't like doing the, like, lunch thing.
1: I'm glad you said that, because I agree. Even- My family always eats at, like, 1 or 2 in the afternoon, and I can't get with that. Because I don't like doing a second round.
0: I... No. I mean, like... At most, like, maybe it's, like, 5 o'clock and, like, you just eat a huge meal and then you just have to have nappy time. But, like, mm-hmm. I'm not really up for that. I just want to, like, it also takes a while for everything to be done. You know?
1: Yeah. I mean, are you going to get up in the morning in order to prepare so that you can eat or in the early afternoon? Fuck Or no. are you going to wake up whenever you want and eat at a normal time?
0: I'm going to wake up at around 10.
1: So what's the menu? You're doing everything, right? Yeah. Okay. We got the spatchcock chicken.
0: Yeah. There will be some roasted root veggies and lemon underneath that. Mm-hmm. Um, Smashed potatoes? There will be some mashed potatoes. I will actually peel them. Stuffing. Stuffing.
1: You don't need to peel the mashed potatoes. You don't like the skins in there? I like the skins in there.
0: We're doing it fancy, and they do blend a little better when there's no skins.
1: Oh, okay. Are you putting garlic in there?
0: No. What? I want, gar- I
1: don't... I want garlic mashed potatoes.
0: You can blend in your own garlic, okay, to your portion. <laughs> I will make the base of them, and then you can add in whatever you want. Why can't
1: want. we make half garlic, half regular?
0: That's what I'm saying. There will just be the, the regular, and then you can take yeah, it. Yeah, but I don't want to
1: do it. I want it to be there when I get home.
0: What? Are, are you going to work or something? Like, yeah, I have a job to do. Okay. I mean, it's the holiest of holidays. There's no work on, on, on this holy day. Um, and then uh, Brussels is going to be the And stuffing. And stuffing. Brussels and stuffing.
1: I looked for cranberries at the grocery store, by the way, and they did not have any. And I couldn't tell if that's because Trader Joe's was overrun Terror style.
0: I think they were. And all
1: the Thanksgiving goods were gone, or if they just don't normally have them.
0: Oh, they usually do. Because I
1: couldn't find them fresh or frozen, so. Okay, so then they just didn't get a restock. The other thing I thought about, and I have a feeling this is either a good idea or you're going to be horrified, is I almost brought frozen cherries, and I was like, why not just make a cherry compote? That could also be kind of good.
0: Because you're just looking for that tart, sweet I feel like blackberries would be the move. Eh, I don't know. I like the bitterness of a blackberry.
1: Yeah, but that's not what cranberry sauce is for. It's got to be tart. Tart and sweet. Not bitter.
0: The blackberries are tart and sweet with a little Eh, little bitter edge.
1: I don't know. The grocery store is open on Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. I might hit it up tomorrow and see what I can do in this department. Because I feel like I am going to miss the cranberry compote. I like it. I do like
0: it. It's like
1: even if it's just like
0: five of them. Yeah, you d- you
1: just need a little bit, but it's
0: nice to put on like you know put on stuff. I almost just got the like cranberry chèvre and was like, you know, that'll be fine.
1: Also, I looked up the recipe for a cranberry compote and I was like, this is way more complicated than I thought. All of them were calling for like orange juice and Grand Marnier and all this shit, and I was no. like, why can't you just smash it up with some sugar? I thought that's all that was.
0: Use, no, the goal is to use the like ocean spray bag of fresh cranberry thing, which is like bag of cranberries, cup of sugar, orange peel, boil. Right. Yeah. Like you're really just making cranberry simple syrup. You're getting all the water out of the little berries. That's mixing in with the sugar. And then you're just orange zesting it up just to make. Oh, you know what I
1: have on hand already? Dried cranberries. Can we make that work?
0: Uh, no, oh, okay. no, no. That see the water has already been taken out of them.
1: Yeah, but you can't you can't put it back in. What if we soak them overnight? No. Will they plump up?
0: Uh, no. Oh. If that's like saying I don't have grapes. Can I take raisins and soak them in water?
1: I, hey, I didn't know if that would work or
0: not. It surely doesn't. Once water is taken out, you cannot put it back in. Well, all right. I'll take your word for it. Think of it like wrinkles you know once 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 wrinkles have set in you have to you can't get some botox and just well yeah you're inject but you're it not like you can't just like hose down your face and like call it a day that's true you got to get some juvederm in there oh
1: man now that i've learned the joys of moisturization it feels so good after a shower in the morning to moisturize your face my face just sucks it up when did it sucks you sucks up all that sweet moisture when did you learn this what i learned it like 2 weeks ago because I was starting to have skin problems that were happening all over my face. Okay. Dry skin problems. Uh-huh. I was like, why is my dandruff descending onto my face? I was getting face dandruff. Okay. Um, and I have some treatments I got from the dermatologist for this, but even those were starting to not work. So you just need to exfoliate and moisturize? Yeah, but I'd never had to do that before.
0: You probably did have to do that before.
1: Well, so now I've learned that you have to do that. How and boy, I've never felt better.
0: Uh, I'm this is confusing. Who told you this? Who let you in on the secret to youth?
1: I just kind of assumed it at a certain point. Okay, I was like, Why are my remedies not working? And I was like, "Mm, All of them are drying out things, Mm -hmm. remedies, you know. And I thought, I was like, Well, maybe I need to counterbalance this. I have this like uh, aloe vera, vitamin E, like moisturizer stuff left over from years ago. Maybe I'll try
0: that. How old is that? It's really old. You should not put that on your skin. Why? What's wrong with it? It doesn't expire. Yes, it does. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It
1: sure does. It just separates a little bit, and it's sort of like, you know, sandy quality to
0: it okay okay i mean oh boy (laughs) but if you rub it in enough no 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 it's been doing wonders for me imagine what a fresh bottle will do (laughs) holy shit no you can't do that dude no people have mini fridges in their bathrooms for moisturizing products to keep them fresh really yes
1: i don't see what difference it makes I'm not going to go out and spend whatever $13 on a brand new one when there's a perfectly good one right there. It's not perfectly good. (laughs) It's perfectly very bad. It's perfectly old, but, you know, it ages. It's vintage.
0: No. Oh, okay. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I I have been moisturizing since, you know, the age of 13. Wow, really? I don't think
1: most men are aware of this.
0: Well, are most men... And in Ohio,
1: uh, for the listener, will just limped his own wrist, yeah, hmm
0: no, and visiting a clinique lady at the age of twelve and a half thirteen, no,
1: yeah, but what was your point? You're just stunned that you've known about this for like twenty years and, and I just learned about it, yeah, yeah, I mean this well, is... this is you know this is the gay equivalent of not knowing who the first man in space was, you know? F- yeah, I look at you, and I'm like, what regular people don't know this it just turns out that yours has a practical application that does matter for for quality, of, quality life. of life yeah uh-huh uh-huh
0: yeah i mean this i mean i should have deep 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 crows feet by this point in my life and yet i've been plumping it up you know hmm yeah couldn't save the hair but couldn't c- didn't wasn't told how to deal with that but you know your face and then i don't even actually know what crows feet are to be honest there's a the little like the lines at the end of your eyes like when people say they have eh, no smile lines are different right i don't know they're these things these little ripples at the edge of your eye when they settle in those are crow's feet Mm -hmm. smokers typically get them oh okay and i know some people who are my age or younger who have been smoking for a long time that that i'm like oh
1: damn i'll have to look out for that i don't notice things like that
0: well you also have the uh Hospitaliano, Italiano, oily skin.
1: Yeah, that's why I've never needed to moisturize. You know, eh. I secrete olive oil naturally. No, you could you could cook with what comes out of my skin.
0: I hope you wouldn't. Um, that's so disgusting. Um, no, you you have to have like good, you know, good moisture.
1: Well, I think I'm just getting to an age where I am naturally drying out a little bit. Mm. Where my oil overproduction is less of a problem than it used to be. My extended adolescence is finally ending. I've moved on from childish things. (laughs) Now I have to moisturize.
0: Okay. I mean...
1: I am serious. I am serious about that. Genuinely. What? I I am less oily than I used to be.
0: Wow. Body shutting down. Skin's getting drier. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay just I was trying to figure out a joke other than that's what she said that you were drying out and I just couldn't get there. It was really bad. Anywho. Um, no, I mean, this is the sign that one is aging is several things. You have to deal with strange new chemical compositions in your body, which is like, what is it? Every seven years your body like sheds itself. Yeah. Uh, I also think like your, when your feet change sizes because I tried to put on a pair of shoes the other day, and I could not fit my fat-ass foot in them.
1: Hmm. Yeah, you know, Dom and I were talking about this at the wedding because he works on his feet as I do, and he has lots of problems with his footsies. Yeah. He recently bought a custom pair of Red Wings that he paid a pretty, pretty penny for, you know, that they brannock-deviced his feet and literally custom-sewed the whole damn shoe to oh. fit each foot of him perfectly. Wow. Apparently, it was a worthwhile investment, so we got to talking about this, and both of us never realized that we were a wide. He just learned this. I just learned this. And the arch thing, too. I think I have a very flat arch, um, which is a product of just wearing vans for 20 years and walking on concrete and not caring.
0: Your arch was a little fucked up, yeah.
1: Yeah. What Dom learned about his arch is that his arch size is actually one shoe size bigger than normal.
0: Yeah. He has flat feet.
1: So... Or no no no. He has a he has a deeper arch than his shoe size would normally be.
0: So he has a high instep?
1: Yes. Yeah. He has a high instep. And it had been fucking him up his entire life. Yeah. Because people would tell him like a podiatrist would tell him, like, oh, you need to buy insoles, that's your problem and he'd go and buy insoles that fit a size eleven shoe or whatever, but that's not the right That's not
0: the right size that's not the
1: right arch support that he needs so they would always feel weird and then he'd wear them and it'd fuck up his foot even more so when he did the red wing thing he learned all this stuff yeah so yeah you're i guess your feet do change over time or you or you can just learn about them in the first place
0: no i think they do now that i know
1: i'm a 10 and a half wide that's a real game changer as far as shoes go because i think i could buy all my shoes in that size now instead of have different size shoes
0: Mm. all the time no because sneakers come in different sizes (sighs) <sighs> they don't come in wines well
1: if it never gets better then i give up
0: okay well well skin skin change feet change and then i'm I'm trying to i mean metabolism change is the third one
1: i'm really not looking forward to that because mine's slow enough as it is and the fact that it's slowing down even more oh
0: i mean i don't know
1: also your brain changes you know
0: yeah i'm getting dumber
1: yeah Your mental plasticity, it goes down. It doesn't even, you know, you don't even get to full capacity till you're 25, 26. And then by the time you're in your early 30s, you already can't learn as much as you used to be able to. There's a very narrow window of the prime of your life. And then it's over.
0: Huh. Well, I squandered that. So. Yeah. (sighs) It's fine.
1: Well, you know. You know, social media and things like that don't help because everybody's shortening attention spans. Like it doesn't matter what what you read or what you learn if you can't remember any of it. I think that's what happened oh, to me what... primarily in my 20s and early 30s has been like I have read and like tried to absorb a lot of information but it doesn't stick anymore.
0: Mm. You don't think it t- mm. yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like I can barely make it through a book without
1: We talked about this a couple episodes ago, but when we were talking about the mind palace stuff. Yeah. I have to try really hard To make things dig a trench in my mind, whether that's through repetition or uh, talking or some other means. I can make it stick, but you have to really put effort into that. I I think when I was young, when I was much younger, I just absorbed everything I learned kind of instantly. That doesn't happen anymore. No. Books just go in and and out. Yeah. If you, you know, like, what's a good example? Like, you know, I read serotonin not that long ago, a couple months ago. Mm Mm-hmm. I have the broad strokes of serotonin in my head, but I couldn't really tell you what the plot of that book was. Mm. Depressed, uh, big ag French guy wanders the countryside, Uh. remembering his past flings and trying to reconnect with old friends. That's most of it, right? Sort of. Yeah.
0: He's like, mama dick don't work anymore but in french accent. So, eh, when when anymore. Right. I forgot
1: about that whole plot point, yeah. Anyway, like I remember certain things about the book, but yeah. yeah. The whole point of it is lost on me.
0: I have no idea. Uh it's m- more so about the plate of, you know, the plate of the french countryside and how, you know, as much as the idea of um what's the the DOC? Domin dominate origin it's like the uh oh do domain origin control like the like champagne only comes from champagne from certain grapes that kind of bullshit um like how that kind of niche process well you know great for the idea of france is not good for french people farmers like the actual things that make the french countryside well yeah i mean it's wonderful. about
1: it's about globalization destroying yeah. someone's humanity uh, and French nationalism, as a result, but that's what all Michelle Welbeck books are about. You but, could say that about literally all
0: of them. Yeah, but this is through just that through the, the countryside. The, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't realize he was like old and kind of wonky looking. He looks like Welbeck. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: He he's a character. I
0: didn't know that he looked like uh what's that one uh dwarf from Snow Snow White with the giant ears, baby face
1: dopey yeah yeah he does kind of look like that he looks like that and in a in a cross of the uh the jewish caricatures from harry potter the gringotts
0: guys kind of yeah yeah that's kind of fucked up right yeah but you know i don't know but he's got like the the dumbo ears and i'm like whoa whoa whoa
1: i don't know he's a real champ apparently you know he just drinks and smokes and gets laid even in his old age good for him michelle welbeck shouts out he does yeah absolutely Woof. There's nothing that like th- that a middle aged French woman prizes more than like a tragic suicidal drunk misogynistic author. <sighs> I mean, if you're a French woman of the age of thirty seven, they are also you've those things. Never wanted that more than anything.
0: Yeah, French women are usually uh, on that same wavelength, though.
1: Yeah. Well, hey, man. Oh, God, I need to move there. <laughs> I would do so well in France. I think.
0: Uh, you would have to like. Right and
1: oh i'd actually have to like do something i couldn't no just French. talk about doing things no, no. yeah mm-hmm. that's true it's a little different that's why i need to move to italy
0: what what
1: i don't think they actually expect much of you there i mean i'd be y- the only guy around
0: that wasn't in rhinestone
1: pants <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay uh um, no, oh boy i mean you can buy a house in in italy for a dollar or something or a hundred dollars
1: well, there's that one village that's trying to encourage people to move there. Yeah. So they're giving you, like, tax incentives or, like, a bonus for buying a house. You get, like,
0: $100,000 or something like that. Yeah. But you then have to open a business in the town. Mm-hmm. But the town has no internet.
1: Yeah that's, yeah, that's no good.
0: And, like, the houses are, like, kind of falling apart. And they're like, but it's free, basically. Yeah. Like, how is it going to be... How do you... Mm. How do you make money in a in the city where there's no intranet?
1: I don't know. You've got to be a crypto billionaire that's just trying to make a little money and have a vacation home.
0: Kind of. Yeah. Because mm. you can't even Airbnb those. Mm, yeah, and it depends where, but probably not really. Eh, you're not supposed to if it's given to you by like the government for a dollar.
1: Well, what, well, are, they they really go- what are they really going to do about it? Did you hear about Obama's presidential library? Mm-mm. Uh, Apparently Jeff Bezos just gave him $100 million for his presidential library. But uh, there's two things about it that are very suspect. One is that most presidential libraries are run by the National Archives. So they're public research institutions and they're administered by the government. Obama was like, no, we're not. The National Archives, you're not going to run this one. This is a private thing. So Obama's presidential library is a private enterprise that he's just taking money from his friends for. Which is weird. I don't know how that's going to work in the future. Like, they're supposed to be for perpetuity. They're not really, you know, a monument to your personal wealth. But okay. And the second thing is, he's building it in Chicago, obviously, and the city is giving him public park land to do it on. But a bunch of activists have sued Obama in the city and said, "What the fuck? If it's a private institution, why are you giving him public land to build it on?"
0: Yeah. And they're like, "Well, he's Obama. What are you going to do?" I don't know if I don't know about the idea of like the Obama Institute brought to you by Amazon.
1: Yeah, well, that's what it is. Heads up.
0: That's kind of great.
1: And the person that brokered the deal was a former press secretary for Obama and for Biden. So,
0: wait, what? Which one?
1: I forget his name, right now.
0: Oh. But it's
1: just to illust- illustrate that that uh, that corruption runs deep through the current and past administrations. Direct line to Daddy B. Daddy B, <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: Well, that might be the last indignity that we can hear on this uh, this particular hour. Um, have anything else you want to promote other than Indian weddings and Daddy B? No.
1: <laughs> no, I'm good.
0: Okay. Well,
1: the episode feels a lot longer when you can't see the time.
0: Going. Yeah, I know. It doesn't it feel weird? Yeah. Isn't isn't the role reversal kind of strange? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it deeply uncomfortable? Yeah, it to, is to not a be bit. at the control realm of the uh, helm of the uh, ship.
1: Are you getting off on this? Why are you looking at me like that? I'm just giving you judgy eyes
0: for for the times that I have to keep talking when I don't know when it's going to end. Oh, god damn it! You're not falling from a trap. Son of a bitch.